This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. We are back and we are live. It is Fight IQ presented by Rotowire. Here to talk UFC Greenville, the poor, poor souls of Greenville, they get treated to feedback in my freaking headset. Sorry, guys, that t- totally threw me off. People, That's right. this is what the people of Greenville get. They get they're taking all my bandwidth to try and stream an MMA event. Like, I'm telling you, man, South Carolina, they they got it really rough here. They got a decent main event in Hanato Moikano taking on the Korean zombie Chan Sung Jung. They had a co-main event. Uh, that's gone. John Lineker pulls out of another fight. Anybody know what the co-main event is? I have do. We, it have is, we had an um, announcement? They just moved I the think, fights up. I, yeah, I believe it's uh, Barbarina and um, whoever's fighting Barbarina. Uh, Randy Brian, Brown. Bam Bam Barbarina is your co-main event after being unconscious a few months ago. So that'll be interesting. Poor Greenville. At least they get a UFC card. We're going to break the UFC Greenville card down top to bottom from a DraftKings perspective, probably talk a little crap along the way, have a little fun, shoot the shit. I am your host, the Daily Fantasy Sniper. With me, as always, are the analysts, Real Chris Olsen, at Real Chris Olsen. Chris, who is ready to talk all about Amanda Bobby Cooper. You'll see why later. We talked about it pre-show, but he's going to bring up his girl, so don't worry about that. Robbery. Robbery. and we have quite a few women's fights to talk about. So, as always, it's good to have Joe Sunsu with us. Joe, I know you're hemming and hawing about a contest to enter. So, if Joe seems distracted, guys, just he's he's trying to decide whether he or not he should enter the thousand dollars. So we should all really sympathize with the tough decision he has to make. Yeah, I'd love to take awesome Mo's money, um, <laughs> as well as McLovin, BD Holler. I mean, it's a murderous row in this uh, contest. Uh, uh, I, I really am on the fence. I, I, I don't enter it every week because I've gotten more into the mass entering the uh, the 15. It's just I don't know if this week that's wise because I think there's going to be a lot of ties. Down to 11 fights yeah. leads to a lot of ties for sure. All right. Um, before we get into it, Fight, Fight IQ is always brought to you by Rotowire. Go to rotowire.com slash free 10-day free trial to all their premium content no credit card required. Make sure you can listen to the replay of this live podcast on iTunes, Rotowire MMA, or hopefully you are watching, listening to this live on YouTube. We stream on Friday nights at 8 o'clock on the Rotowire YouTube channel. Guys who are in chat, 
Love to see you guys. Really take pride in being an interactive show. So keep the comments coming, especially on this card. We're going to need some entertainment. Hot takes at the end. We'll take a viewer hot take. So get those ready. And I think that's enough foreplay. Let's get into the fight as we have a giant size mismatch in the first fight. But the huge guy is the underdog. It is Darren Wynn at 9,300 taking on Eric Spicely at 6,900. Last check on the odds on this one. Darren Wynn, I think this has come down a little bit. He's minus 260 now. Comeback on Eric Spicely is plus 240. Wynn is a 5'5 five five middleweight. The talk around the MMA Twitter's verse is he is the protege of DC, training at AKA. Good wrestler. I think he's 5 0. 30 years old, making his UFC debut. Spicely returning. Um, Got cut, has won two fights in CES. Not against great competition. Has good BJJ. What I noticed the last week, though, is he doesn't look as soft in the midsection as he has currently. I like his BJJ. I think this fight should be really close because I have a hard time with a really unproven prospect who's 30, who is a wrestler who's shown the tendency to want to stand up against a guy who's enormous compared to him. Um Eileen Spicely in this fight. Let's start it off with probably one of the hot takes of the card. I like Spicely. We'll start with Chris. Tell oh, tell everyone why I'm. Oh crazy. my God. Well, yep. um, as far as what, there did, are what ways, did I say there that was incorrect? Um, you like Eric Spicely, but but but, um, but, but all the backstory I was dead on. You were. I mean, it was okay, but I mean the thing of <laughs> the thing about Spicely is we talk about this a lot, right? When we get to these jujitsu guys who aren't good wrestlers, so they don't have a reliable way to get to the fight to the ground. And that's Eric Spicely. Now, we've seen Eric Spicely try and kickbox before. Didn't work out too well um, in his matchup with Darren Stewart. Um, also, uh, we saw him. Off? I'm trying to talk to you. So Why? What's going, what's going on? I just want to know, do you, you really think Darren Wynn is a really good striker if he doesn't get – I think if this fight stands up, that's when I, it's a 50-50 fight. I think, I, think he's a, I think he's a pressuring striker who throws hard and throws in combination. I think that's enough. I think that um, Eric Spicely gets hit a ton. If you, if you watch, he had two fights out – he had two fights that's out accurate. of the UFC. He, he had two fights out of the UFC. If you watch his last one, he almost got knocked out before he got the knockout. Um, he's just the guy that you cannot trust on the feet. He likes to do it more and more. He's still susceptible to that body kick. Darren Wynn likes to throw his kicks. As I said, he's going to pressure. He's going to throw in combination. He throws hard. He's a good wrestler. Um, we've seen some spicely off his back. We saw him get that triangle on uh, – Alessio DiCirico, who we'll also talk about later. So that could be something. But um, I, I, um, I actually think the opposite of you, Sean. I think, I think Deron wins this fight on the feet. I think that the only danger, that the only time he would have to look out for himself is when he's on the ground. Um, but I think training at AKA, he'll at least be able to keep himself reasonably safe. Um, but to pick his win, I, I just can't pick Spicely to win any, any kind of fight where I think the guy is decent. Um, so the pick is win. Who's feedbacking on us here? That was you, Joe, I think. That was me. That was, okay. that was definitely Joe. All that right. being said, Joe, where do you fall on this, this stand-up of win versus Spicely? I don't think that win's got a terrible amount of volume. Okay, so really the Spicely's a one-trick pony, right? The way for him to win is by submission. Um, I honestly think the size disadvantage works in the favor of win in this case, 
He's a very hard, he's going to be a very hard guy to choke out, especially considering that his offensive wrestling is so much better than Spicely's. Now, I don't know if it's the wisest route to, to, to keep it standing. And if it is, it'll be a really low scoring fight. Um, what I would like to see happen is I would like to see him take down Spicely, you know, use his offensive wrestling um, and, and, you know, win the fight that way. Use his striking to set up his takedowns. I think Spicy will have a hard time in particular. Um, and we covered this pretty thoroughly in Creating Alpha because I asked Brett who, you know, trains jujitsu. I'm like, is it more difficult to, you know, choke out a guy that's got no neck, <laughs> which is essentially the case here. And he said, absolutely. It's much harder to put a choke on a stocky guy with no neck, which is like, you know, personified win here. So I'm going to take win. There, there's a lot of narrative here, obviously, Spicely coming in off of short notice. I do agree with you, Sean, in that he does look better. He doesn't seem to have the same, you know, skateboard bod that we've seen in the past. He looked a little more ripped than you would normally, you know, think of Derek Spicely. And obviously, people are going to be looking at that size advantage. But, you know, look, win, protege of Daniel Cormier, who's in favor with the UFC. I don't see them giving him a fight that they think he's going to lose. So I'm going to go with win here. Not my favorite play on the card, but I am going to go with win. Um, just just to add before we dip out of here real quick, um, those of us who had the misfortune of watching um, the Tito uh, the Tito Chuck three on uh, or rematch there on Golden Boy, uh, we saw it there in win fight another uh, black belt in Tom Lawler, and that one worked out okay. So. But he was on the feet forever. But that's what I'm, yeah, but he did very but well it, there. But it was, but what it I'm was, saying. But it, he was not high output. That prob, that fight, there's no way that, that fight. Off. He was plenty he high output in that fight. I'm going to see if I can find the um, striking stats because I don't think he, he would have paid paid off salary, his current he, salary. He, he roughed Lawler up in that fight. He was bloodied and battered and all kinds yeah. of good stuff. Let's let's move on here. Ariane Lipsky, 9,100, taking on the meatball. Molly McCann at 7,100. Odds on this fight. Ariane Lipsky is minus 265. Molly McCann is plus 245. I have a pretty strong take on this one and that I think Molly McCann sucks. Um, when you get your eye closed and your orbital broke by Priscilla. Catch a beating. Yeah. Like you, you're not a great fighter. Lipsky, everyone's hopping off the train here because she lost to Joanne Calderwood. Calderwood's a borderline top 10 fighter, guys. She's not Molly McCann. I think Lipsky's way more well-rounded. She can get a takedown if she wants. We've seen McCann run through on the ground by um, Jillian Robertson. And you have that, really, McCann's going to pressure forward. Lipsky can, Lipsky can counter her. I like Lipsky quite a bit in this fight. Um, the question is, how much is she going to score? And for that, I'll give it to Joe. Joe, I'm assuming you're with me on Lipsky, but is she a DraftKings viable play? Yeah, I don't see her as that great a play. I, I honestly think that um, you know McCann has some value um, as, as a cash punt. Um, you know, I, I could see her definitely putting up some points. Uh, the, I think this is minus 260 to go over two and a half rounds or at least minus two, 200 to go over two and a half rounds. So it looks like it is a fight gonna, that, that's going the distance. I agree with you relative to uh, the fact that I, you know, any place else that fight against Priscilla Kacha beating would have been stopped other than the UK. That was crazy. I, I mean, coming and also coming back three months after an orbital. That doesn't seem like the most prudent way to manage your health. Um, you know, 
this is going to be a strike up, a standing fight, striking. Um, look, I, I liked the brief flashes of what I saw from Lipsky. I liked, you know, her fighting in flurries. Um, you know, I'm worried a bit about consistent output. And if this, if there's no takedowns in this fight and you're just looking for strikes and a 30 point decision, I don't see how she earns salary at her price point. But if McCann could somehow win, she'll definitely earn salary where she's priced. So even though I would pick uh, Lipsky to win, I would think that McCann is more viable for DraftKings. Chris? Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I got, I got distracted because you're saying naughty words in chat and they're making me, uh, all right, I'm going to show them anyway. But, um, yeah, shit? I you think they should. No, it, it, it flags and it, it makes me, uh, prove it. But I, um, I apologize to everybody. <laughs> Rotowire, I shouldn't just said that twice. I'm just, I'm pretty, I'm pretty surprised you two blocked that, blocked that. That's out. right. I, I, I approved them anyway. It's all good. But, um, I think that uh, Priscilla Cachuera, I will not be showing the same disrespect as Joe. Um, Priscilla Cachuera is, you know, she's kind of, you can see why she would be successful on the regional scene because she comes forward, she never stops, and she throws hard. So she's a very good, like, gateway to um, being like a, a UFC fighter, like if you can beat her. Uh, McCann had a hard time dealing with the pressure. Now she fought her off. Um but she was fighting her off in, in ways that I don't think would work against a better fighter. Um, specifically someone like Lipsky, like she was really rolling under strikes really consistently. And I think a better fighter, particularly somebody like Lipsky, who can use the eight limbs there, I think um, she's likely to catch a knee uh, from Lipsky if she does that too much. Um, I'm also, I'm not worried about Lipsky's output in this fight. I think she's a, a high... She's a pretty high-volume uh, combination striker from what we've seen. But what I do think is kind of concerning is uh, we saw Molly McCann uh, duck under and, and go for takedowns in that uh, in that Cachoeira fight. And when she did, her transitions didn't look all that bad. Um, and I think if people are hopping off the train, it's not that she lost to, um, to um, uh, Joanne Calderwood. It's how she lost. Uh, if Calderwood would have outstruck her, I think people would have been fine for, for this fight. But I think it's that she just sort of just dominated her um, on the ground is where people are are sort of getting hung up. And, you know, if Molly McCann's really been working on her wrestling, who knows? I mean, I mean, Lipsky got taken down pretty easily. So suffice to say, I think I think McCann is a pretty rudiment, a solid but sort of rudimentary boxer. Um, I think Lipsky should have her way on the feet if it stays there. But if McCann tries to introduce some takedowns, I think it's a pretty big X factor. And I think she's live for that reason. All right, let's move on to our next fight. Jarzinho Rosenstruck, 9,000, taking on Alan Crowder at 7,200. Rosenstruck minus 210. Alan Crowder plus 190. High inside the distance prop for this fight. I like Rosenstruck as much as I think Crowder is being disrespected for the way he got the win against uh, Greg Hardy. You know, it was the DQ win. He was winning that fight. Like, saw it. He was winning the fight. Well, he was um, winning. He won the maybe. Uh, I don't know if he was. Well, he was winning the first round, and he was doing just fine in the second. He he won the first round for sure. Yes, I agree. He won the first round. Um, the problem here is that I don't think his takedown game is going to be good enough. Rosenstruck's the better striker. It it's it's a little tough to invest so much in a guy who got taken down by Junior Baby Albini, but I'm going to do it. Give me Rosenstruck, Chris. Yeah, I'm not going to do it. Um, uh, um, 
partially for the reason you mentioned, but also for a different one. I'll start with the easy one, which of course is the takedown. Some uh, Albini didn't have to do much um, to get those takedowns. Basically, just lifted it, lifted the single leg, and then changed direction. And Rosentrick was on the floor. And when he was on the floor, he couldn't really do much. I mean, he muscle he muscled, uh, if you can call it a sweep. He basically just muscled his way out once and and got back up and and good for him. But um, I mean, Albini, I I think he's is he a brown belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? I think that's the the word on him. But I mean, I, I don't know why you would go for a, a Kimura for on somebody who's probably stronger than you. That's kind of a weird one. But um, I think that uh, Crowder, who, who, who I believe, I, I, I believe is a high level BJJ. I don't want to say black belt, but I think he's high level. Pretty sure he owns his own gym. I could be wrong on that if anybody wants to check, but I'm pretty sure. Um, I just think that Alan Crowder proved that he can wrestle the last fight, and I can't um, really get behind somebody who gives up takedowns so easily. The other thing I would say is that when Albini was pressuring forward, he was actually landing some good shots and, and sort of winning the stand-up. He landed a, a bomb overhand right, which um, credit to Rosenstruck's chin. I mean, he, he stood there and took it, but it was a big shot. Um, I think Rosenstruck needs space. I think, I mean, the, the reason the fight turned with Albini is because Albini got caught reaching for a takedown, and uh, Rosenstruck just had fast enough hands to make him pay for it. I, I, I think um, Rosenstruck just gets caught watching if he's going to get to have a guy that's pressuring him, I think that he needs room to get his strikes off. And I just don't think he can do enough in the MMA realm right now uh, to, to win a fight against the guy who knows what he has to do to win. And I think Crowder, even though he's not the best fighter falls into that category. He knew what he had to do to beat, to beat, uh, to beat Greg Hardy. He employed the game plan. I think he's going to know what to do here. So I'm picking uh, Alan Crowder. Joe. Look, I think Crowder is worth a stab in, in GPPs. I think this entire fight has got a low floor, high ceiling. Um, but, be, but it's a heavyweight fight with, a, with the best inside-the-distance prop on the entire slate. Um, in that respect, you, know, you need to target this fight. Um, obviously, if you like Crowder like Chris, you, that gives you a lot of room uh, to play around um, with higher tier, other higher-tier fighters. Um, if you like uh, Rosenstruck, it gives you less room. Um, I'm going to actually go towards Rosenstruck here. I mean, this is a classic, you know, guy who is a he's a kickboxer with, with what he's 70 and six. I mean, he's got an he had an incredible record as a kickboxer. Obviously, has a lot of power in his hands and his legs. Um, is a fish out of water on the ground. However, Crowder is not a powerful wrestler here. If Crowder had a little bit more wrestling, I would be. Does, does Crowder need to be a powerful wrestler? I think he Albini needs to be. isn't. Albini no. isn't. <laughs> well, I mean, again, I don't even know how what Crowder's jujitsu is like. Um, you know, I, I see this fight taking place mainly on the feet, um, and if it does take place mainly on the feet, as I suspect, um, I've got to give it, you know, by a fairly wide margin to uh, to Rosenstruck. So that's who I'm picking. All right, moving on, moving out. We have Luis Pena, 9,500 against, huh, that's right, huh? Matt Wyman's really fighting? He's back? <laughs> I thought we were all just screwing around for, for two weeks. Yeah, right. Huh. Well, Matt Wyman, who if you don't know, was in tough, I don't know, one of the first seasons, wasn't he? Like three, four, 
something like Four that. Sounds right. I don't know. He he was from. Uh, he was way, in top five. 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 Okay. He's from yesteryear. Has not had a fight in five years. Man, they're trying to get Luis Pena a win. Um, I think they do it here. I'm not going to over-complicate over it. MMA is an ever-evolving ever game. We all know it. Pena should have the skills here. I also just can't invest anything in that one. I don't know what the bleep he's been doing. So, Joe? You're muted, sir. I know I'm muted. Um, I'm unmuted now. Um, yeah, so, hmm. Yeah. Um, this is kind of going to be – who did you pick, Sean? This fight? Yeah. Pena. Oh, so you picked Pena. Okay, so Uh-oh. I'm not a – look, okay, so it's worth mentioning that this fight is at 155. Pena's last fight against uh, – last fight was at 145. And I think the reason why he went down to 145 is because he he felt himself getting muscled, out-muscled by Trezano at 155. So that tells you he actually questioned his strength at 155. Now. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know what Wyman's been doing for the last five years. I don't see that he's part of a name camp. Um, I don't know where he did his training. If anyone does, please chime in and chat. Based on what I know, it's just a local gym and, you know, wherever he's from, Iowa or someplace like that. Um, if the old Matt Wyman of five years ago, I, I could see him, you know, being very aggressive and out muscling. Um, Pena, violent Bob Ross. Um, however, I don't have any narrative to that effect. So I, I have to pick Pena to win the fight. However, um, you know, 6.7 K is really attractive and 9.5 K is not. Um, so in terms of the upper tier, <clears throat> he's not one of my favorite guys in the upper tier. Um, not to say that I'm, I'm, I'm saying, you know, go all in on Wyman. I'm saying, if you're playing multiple lineups, throw a Wyman or two lineup in there just in case he is a semblance of his old self. Um, otherwise, I, I think Ross should should get this. And unless Wyman gasses, I expect it to go the distance. All right. Well, all of us, I think, have had an insane moment, and one of us is going to be right. I don't know which one. I want to think it's me picking Spicely. Maybe it'll be Chris picking Crowder. And maybe it'll be Joe picking Matt Wyman, but Wait, oh, no, no, I didn't pick Wyman. I didn't pick Wyman. Oh, you didn't? Uh, no, no, I, I oh. picked I picked Pena. But I'm saying, you know, okay. he's, he's he's one of my least favorite guys in the upper tier, and I would I would say throw a few Wyman lineups out there. Oof. All right, we'll see who's going to be right. But I don't, obviously, people have got to be listening to this more to, for the entertainment value and kind of digging <laughs> in for the DraftKings advice. Holy yeah. hell, what are we on, Chris? Well, you know, Dare we're, I ask we're, you to bring some sanity to this conversation. I mean, if I'm if I'm the only one left, then we're in real trouble. But uh, look, man, weird cards get get weird analysis. That's just the way it goes. But um, look, I'm gonna analyze this fight as if Matt Wyman is pretty much his other his uh, self from 2014, because I don't know any other way to do it. I, I I haven't seen him. I don't know. It's possible that he can get in there and look like garbage, but. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna have a um, presupposition that he looks pretty much like that guy. Okay, so now what do I want to say? I want to say that he gets hit a lot. I want to say that Bob Ross is a decent boxer, but doesn't use his kicks and therefore his length nearly enough. Um, he he instead tends to go for like a, a lot of flying knees that get him locked up in the clinch. I'm also gonna say that Matt Wyman, if he's 2014 
uh, circa Matt Wyman is going to be the best uh, uh, wrestler slash uh, transition guy on the ground that uh, Bob Ross has ever fought. I don't think it's even close. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think I think Bob Ross is still a too tentative of a striker. I feel like he's got a lot of weapons that he just doesn't use. Um, I think that uh, if Matt Wyman can get him against the fence, I think that he's going to have a lot uh, tougher time, Bob Ross, that is, is going to have a lot tougher time on the ground with him than he has uh, with previous opponents. Um, I just don't see enough from Bob Ross. I don't see enough killer instinct. I am going to very, very, very tentatively pick Matt Wyman here under the assumption. What the hell is happening? Under the assumption that he looks like himself. But I, I will say, of course, that there's every chance that he falls apart like an old car. And that's why you should have a lot of Bob Ross because he, because, um, he could uh, fall apart like an old car. But just based on skills and what I think that Pena will struggle with, I think Matt Wyman is a, is a viable play, and at 6.7 especially. So those are my thoughts. Do what you will with them. I, anybody got a Q-tip? Oh, come on. Long Island area come on, but that makes my sense, though. Doesn't it make sense, shove chat? it into my ear. Holy <laughs> God. Yeah, I'm 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 full fading Matt Wyman. If if he beats me, um fine. Wow. And now we get to go to the fight where I'm already I know I'm in the minority about how high I am on Ashley Yoder at eighty two hundred coming off of a savage beating of Chris's girl, Amanda Bobby Cooper. Oh get out of here. I'm I'm done. I'm I'm one, 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 one a questionable split decision against ABC Cooper. You know, taking I have on, that power. You gotta be careful. Go taking ahead. on Siori Kondo. We can you guys aren't paying me that much or anything. So that's right. <laughs> Zero, yeah. Siori Kondo at eight thousand. Ashley, it's a, you got me so sidetracked. I'm just look at the odds. <laughs> Yoder's the favorite, minus 115. The comeback on Kondo, plus 105. Look, Siori Kondo is a punching bag who has a little bit of volume, who's a former former Japanese professional wrestler who, oddly enough, cannot wrestle. Yoder, clearly <laughs> not a world beater, but the professional MMA fighter has a grappling game. I think she's going to use it here. And God. Low-level fight. I know everyone's scared of it. I think it's going to score well, and I'm. I, I think the line's off. I I like Ashley Yoder here. I, I I think she wins this fight way more often than she loses it. So give me Ashley Yoder. Chris, we'll start with you. Yeah. Um. Well, first, I mean, I I, I hear her DDTs are like are like savage. So you guys should look out for that. And her elbow drops from the top rope. No, but can I roll um, her up in a small package? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and get a quick count from from uh, Herb Dean. But no, but no. Um, you know, in all seriousness, um, she's not just a professional wrestler. She was also a kickboxer. Um, I my my problem is, I mean, you, you want to say that John uh, Yonan turned her into a punching bag? Fine, but who hasn't John uh, Yonan done that to uh, thus far in her MMA career? She's a pretty savage combination puncher. She comes forward, and Suri Kondo is not that. Suri Kondo is very much like a like a slow stalking pressure kickboxer um, that I think has some skills, but um, definitely can suffer from uh, low output at times. My problem with Ashley Yoder is, um, you know, she I mean she's okay. She she shows a good jab at times. She can counter punch a little bit, but um, she she basically relies on getting the fight to the ground. And I don't see her as such a as such a good wrestler. Um, 
I don't know if she's going to be able to take down Kondo. Obviously, if she can, that changes the fight um, immensely. But I see I see um, Kondo having way more opportunities to work her pressure kickboxing here um, than she could in her last fight. I think I think the the, ja, the Yan Janan fight uh, you can't throw it out, of course. But I, <laughs> let's just, let's just say that she's a way way different fighter um, than Ashley Yoder is. Way more aggressive. Um, way more capable of throwing her opponents off her game. And I think that um, Kondo is going to get space here. Again, uh, the Yoder takedown could be an issue, but if this stays on the feet, I, I like I like Kondo to take it. Joe? Yeah, so one thing to remember about Kondo is if you look at her fight against Jiang and um, are enamored by the large number of significant strikes landed, don't be. Um, that was my metric at their absolute worst. Maybe half those strikes actually landed. I was in shock, and and so were others. You know, Brett Apley, we were, we were like, what what did fight metrics see? Half of those strikes hit the air. Um, and then you know, Botello just just took her apart with a kick. Um, I like I like, but don't love Ashley Yoder here. I, I don't I don't think this is a great fight to target, even in a win. It's likely going to go to decision. I don't see a whole lot of value at, at their price points, 8.2 and 8K. I will say I was I, I am pleasantly surprised that at how hot Ashley Yoder is. Um, oh, okay. You know, this is a, this is actually a good card. The, the hotness quotient on this card is really high with with KGB, with with Lipsky, with uh, with Delarosa. Um, Ashley Yoder's right in there. So I I like Ashley Yoder to use her wrestling to to perhaps um, you know, get this fight down. Um, I, I don't, I don't really see this as a fight that has to be targeted, which says something, you know, given that there are only 11 fights on the card and you probably can't skip too many fights if you're doing mass entry. However, I would have more exposure to Ashley Yoder than I would to, to Kondo, but I would not expect this fight to score very high. I think it's probably, probably has the highest odds to go to the distance this fight. So so tread with caution, but I am picking Ashley Yoder to win. Moving on, Kevin Aguilar, 8,400, taking on Dan Ige at 7,800 on this fight right now. Sit at Aguilar, minus 140, Ige plus 130. I like Ige quite a bit here. I know everyone's been saying Aguilar just beat a guy just like um, Ige in Barzola. And while he did, he did stop takedowns well. Barzola had some success in the feet in the third round. I think Ige is a better striker than people give him credit for. I think he can mix it up better. Eileen Ige, I think he's got a sneaky high ceiling with the grappling upside. And I will say, even if you like Aguilar, he makes for a terrible DraftKings play. Does not score well for, for DraftKings unless he finds a first-round KO here, which I'm not seeing. Even if you're picking him, and one of these guys very well could, I think he's a terrible play regardless. I think we started uh, we're up to Joe this time. Yes, I'm glad I actually get to go second here because I want to I want to put one thing out there. Barzola and Ige are not similar in any respect. People you, are saying it. They're not. They're not like okay, so let me educate those uninformed. Yeah, Barzola, Barzola is a power wrestler who uses punches to set up takedowns. And pounds people from the top. He doesn't look for submissions. He's a rinse and repeat takedown power wrestler. Dan Ige is nothing like that. Dan Ige is a submission grappler. 
His whole idea is to use wrestling to put himself in a better position to find a submission, right? The styles are completely different. Now, Sean, you did steal some of my thunder in that when Barzola realized he could not get the takedown and decided in the third round a little a day late and a dollar short, let's do some striking. He looks surprisingly good against the guy that was supposed to be the striker. So, you know, I'm also going to give you a little bit of narrative on Ige here. Um, Ige is one of the core inner circles of, of Ali Abazid, the, the, the infamous fight manager, manager of Khabib and Cejudo and just about, you know, any number of others in the UFC. I also believe he's jujitsu coach in his gym for whatever that's worth. He's had some opportunities to get some good training partners. He's on a, he's on a good win streak. He said even after his last win that he wasn't really feeling well, um, you know, going into his last fight. Um, I think he's interesting here. You know, I won't go as much as say that there's odds value um, because what is he? 7.9, right? Uh, eight. No, he's not eight. He's seven. He's either 7.9 or 7.8. That's why he said 7.8. Yeah. Okay. So he's 7.8. Um, so 7.8 plus 125. I could certainly see this line getting tightening up. I also agree that Aguilar is not a great play on DraftKings unless he gets a finish. Um, I'd be certainly, whatever ownership is going to be, I'd be very comfortable saying um, I'm going to be under the average on Aguilar, and I will certainly be over the average on Ige. I will pick Ige for the upset here. I will also say I did bet Dan Ige early in the week. There you go. Plus 125. Chris. Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah. this is going to be a unanimous one since you guys came over to the dog side. Um, wow. I um my the problem with Kevin Aguilar is he's he's just like a like he's one of the most um dead set counter punchers you'll ever see. He just um hangs back and looks to counter punch. And Danny Gay um is a grappler, but isn't a terrible boxer either. Uh he was holding his own with Julio Arce at least for that first round. Um so I, I think he's got a decent jab. I think um I like his pressure. I think he's a better he's he's a way better uh, defensive fighter. Uh Way better head movement than someone like a um, oh, who did uh, Aguilar knock out in his first fight? I'll I'll look at it. Uh, I think oh, Rick, um, Rick Glenn. Rick Glenn, that's right. Way better head movement than somebody like a Rick Glenn. Um, now, uh, to uh, Kevin which, Aguilar. Which, by the way, he didn't knock out. That was a decision. It was, but it was ba it was basically a knockout. The third round was. Uh, he knocked him down, and if it went about ten more seconds, he would have knocked him out. But um, in, in any event, uh, I think that uh, to Kevin Aguilar's credit, um, he stuffed a lot of those takedowns from Barzola. In fact, most of them. But um, as Joe said, uh, when Barzola decided, "Hey, I better just start throwing throwing strikes here," he had a lot of success in that third round. Uh, really touched him up badly. I think EA can do much of the same, and I, I think. Um, he he's a he's a bit more um you know when uh when uh he goes for his takedowns he can uh, mix it up a little bit better and i think that um he's a little less one note than a guy like barzola is so yeah i like him here and and i definitely agree with both of you that um even if you like a guy like uh, kevin aguilar i don't think he scores well because of that uh, intense counter punching style so. all right kevin holland 8800 alessio Chirico, 7400 Kevin Holland, the favorite, minus 210. Comeback on DiCirico, plus 190. Kevin Holland is an interesting guy in that I think he's got tons of potential. Definitely the more explosive fighter, whereas on the other side, Alessio is 
well-rounded but not great anywhere kind of that that you know just low-level grinder veteran can do everything okay um i think for that reason i think it sets fight that sets up pretty well for gpps i think holland is so explosive if he shows up you know he's he's got a little bit of a ground game he's ex, you know explosive exciting striker i like what i see from him just waiting for him to kind of put it all together against a guy who's not john phillips um gerald Mearshart isn't a terrible fighter um and in the, the the last fight even though i i I picked GM three in that fight, and I kind of got robbed. And I just think that that stylistic matchup wasn't great for Holland. I think it's a better matchup. I think he'll have a cardio advantage as well. Give me Holland. I think it's a really good GPP play, though, Chris. Yeah, um, Dietrich will always be be my boy because uh, after a win, I forget which win, uh, he got on the mic and tried to do the uh, Peter speaks Italian joke from Family Guy, but nobody knew what he was talking about. But I enjoyed it. Yeah. And the, the the audience was silent, and John Anik had no idea what was going on. But I enjoyed it. But um, I no, I, I agree with basically everything you said. I think that uh, I think that's a perfect description of DiCirico. He's a guy who can do a little bit of everything pretty well. Um, he's a decent counter striker. He's a decent wrestler. Um, he's got a decent kicking game. But um, I think that he gets backed up a little too easily. And I think that what um, a guy like Holland has been screaming for in his UFC fights, and and uh, what he's actually going to get here is a little bit of space to work, um, which he hasn't really gotten. I mean, he got a little bit with um, Thiago Santos, but you don't even really want it in that case because he's he's probably better than you unless you're like a top five fighter at it. Um, but um, I think that um, Holland is going to have a lot of space to work here. I think he's going to be able to use all his tools. Um, um, Dicharico might wrestle, as I said, but also, as I said, we've already seen him get subbed uh, by Eric Spicely when Spicely was off his back. Um, Holland, as we saw in that Santos fight, is a pretty good um, jiu-jitsu player scrambling from his back. So it'll be interesting to see what happens if the fight goes there. I think it stays on the feet for most of it. I think Holland works his magic here. And uh, Dicharico's a tough guy, but the knockout wouldn't shock me. Yo. Yeah, so... I think DiCirico has had takedowns in every one of his fights except his loss. Um, and in all honesty, you could make a case that he actually won his debut against uh, uh, Bojan, Serbian Steel. Um, so, you know, you could really be looking at a fighter with one loss, um, you know, uh, in the UFC, having a pretty decent record. However, um, quality competition wasn't exactly the best. Um, you know, his one loss is to Eric Spicely. He, he beat the Soldier Boy. He beat Bombose. Um, you know, a lot of guys that are not no longer in the UFC. Um, you know, Kevin Holland has got, you know, all the athleticism and the talent. One thing that concerns me about Holland is his fight IQ. I mean, he doesn't always seem to make the best of decisions. Um, I could certainly see him getting taken down, um, but he's got this weird ability to scramble, um, you know, and level up. And I... I you know, I, 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 I'm going to pick Holland to win here. Um, however, you know, this is a chaos fight, what I, what I refer to as a chaos fight. So nothing would really surprise me relative to the outcome. I would certainly have a few shares of DiCirico and Mass Entry GPPs as a low floor, high ceiling type of play. Because obviously at, at his price point, he could bust open a slate. Inversely, at 8.8K, if you get anywhere near the 156 that he scored against Phillips, 
that's a slate-breaking score as well. So I would certainly say target this fight. I am going to pick Kevin Holland, but I would say in mass entry GPPs, have a few shares of Disha Rico. Andrea KGB Lee, 8,700, taking on Montana De La Rosa at 7,500. The odds of this one, KGB minus 190. Montana De La Rosa plus 175. I lean Montana De La Rosa in this one. I lean towards the dog. Really close fight. Andrea Lee can be taken down, but she's got a good get-up game. De La Rosa needs to get this fight to the ground. Lee will be the better striker. Probably a little stronger. I just think in the end, Montana De La Rosa is going to be relentless enough with, with the takedowns. It's also why I think she's more likely to put up a big score and break the slate, as Cho would say. I think Lee, while she could get a finish, I honestly think the most likely path to victory her is tying up De La Rosa and you know, beating her up against the cage, Clint Strice kind of controlling her that way, or just not scoring a lot. I don't think she's either going to want to be all the way in like that or out at range using her kickboxing. So I'm not sure Andrea Lee is going to score great. And if De La Rosa wins, I think she will score well. And I just, I always favor the wrestler in these matchups. They're very slightly for me, not super confident. I see in chat, I think Otto and Joe might have uh, some skin in the game on this one. So let's go over to Joe. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yes, I'm, I'm looking for Otto to confirm our, our singing bat here. He just I said, did... I'll take Montana if Joe wants KGB. In okay. Yeah. We, we did talk about this in Twitter. And I did uh, graciously let Otto off the hook. I felt bad at him. I felt bad for him about strictly backing a fighter because of her ass um, in Jessica I without any discernible common sense. So I did let him out of the bet that we made um, for that. So I am taking KGB in our bet. However, I was actually higher on De La Rosa earlier in the week until I watched film. De La Rosa is easy to hit, um, is at a severe strength disadvantage, and all around is not a great power wrestler. Um, you know, she can take advantage of inferior opponents by getting them to the ground, but you can say that her best fight to date was against Rachel Ostevich, and she got no takedowns in that fight. So I don't know how she expects to get KGB down if she couldn't get Rachel Ostevich down to the ground. So um, the more I looked at this, the more I, I, I moved over to, to KGB. Now, I do agree, unless she gets a finish. She might not score that high, but KGB has scored reasonably well um, on DraftKings, and I think she's relatively safe here. Let me just take a quick look at at you know at her scores on DraftKings, um, which were all pretty good. So let's see. Okay, so so yeah, ninety seven against Macedo and eighty six against Ashley Evans Smith. And she landed 111 significant strikes. I could certainly see her landing 111 significant strikes against Montana. Because if anything, Montana is easier to hit. Actually, Evan Smith. So I can certainly see her getting a relatively safe 10x here. Um, I don't know if she's going to go for the takedowns that she did against Masato. But I certainly think she has the uh, the jujitsu advantage here against Montana De La Rosa. So... Um, I like Andrea KGB Lee here. I think she's a fairly safe play um, with a pretty solid floor. Chris, yeah, I agree pretty much with it, with everything uh, Joe said. I, I I don't I don't think De La Rosa is a particularly strong wrestler. I mean, she took down Nadia Xem a couple times. A lot of people have done that. Um, I I think that um, she's she's basically just like a like a fundamental boxer. She can she has a decent jab. 
Um, she can counterpunch a little bit, but she doesn't. Not a very high output striker. And um, again, I just don't think a very strong wrestler in KGB is just going to have way too many tools here. Um, she can wrestle a little bit as well. She's um, a, a really great fluid kickboxer who can throw in combination. I, again, I don't know about a finish, although it could materialize. But I agree with Joe that um, she's pretty uh, she's pretty safe. Joe, I just messaged it in chat, but are you um are you guys seeing Chris's like the lights go like the background lights are like flickering on him? It's no. weird. Maybe he's clicking around, or maybe it's my monitor. It, it, lo it looked like you know poltergeist in his house. Did you did you drop acid before the show again, uh, Sean? I, I don't drop acid, Chris. <laughs> oh. uh, uh, that's that right. one time. No, no. Awful I'm actually. I'm, yeah, no. I, I'm. I'm actually. I'm caffeine free today. I'm, I'm I, yeah. doing. What? I'm doing this whole thing. Are you kidding me? Caffeine free. I am, I am only drinking water for a little bit. I'm. I'm eating normal, but because I can't get my diet under control, I'm still eating like a fat bleep. And caffeine free. No coffee today. I don't no think coffee I, and no soda. So you know, you know, that, you know the last time I was caffeine free, I was seven years old. That was the last time I was caffeine free. So <laughs> God bless. I, I have a, I've had a mild headache all day, all day. So that uh, oh, no kidding. Sucks. You're gonna go through withdrawal, dude. Okay, moving you know, on. I'll win some money to help you know ease that, that out. That'll be nice. Anyway, Andre Yule, eighty-three hundred. Anderson Dos Santos, seventy-nine hundred. Line is flipped in this one. Anderson Dos Santos minus 110. Andre Yule's now plus 100. Andre Yule opened up minus 305 because some odds maker was dropping acid. Like, what <laughs> in the holy hell? Minus 305 for Andre Yule. Yeah, give me Dos Santos. I like him quite a bit here. Yule looks lost on his back. Dos Santos has good, G has good um, BJJ, isn't a terrible striker. Anderson Dos Santos, not close in terms of DraftKings play for me. Chris. So, um, yeah, just to remind people, and nobody's fault because I didn't catch it either, but this is actually the first fight um, on your card there. We missed this one. We're circling back. So, um, mm, Is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, number 11. Um, unless, uh, unless I have Draft, DraftKings moved it. Let me reload the page. Hang on. If Sean's right, I will – Dutifully apologize to him. I'm but just going. I'm just going on the DraftKings order, so it'll kill me, but I'll do it. Um, no, you're correct. My mistake. I didn't have the page uh, reloaded. So wow. Okay. I have, I have another um, problem. How the hell is this the third to last yeah, fight of the night? Well, I, I couldn't believe it. That's the other thing. But uh, all right. So here, here we go with. Um, I, I, I want all the Andre Yule you could possibly give me. Are you and, serious? Um, I, I'll tell you uh, why. I think. Um, Anderson Dos Santos, I don't think he's a fighter who belongs at this level. I think he, um, I think he's a he's a subpar wrestler. Um, he's a counter striker who, I mean, basically the only way I've really seen him get takedowns in this fight is that um, um, him and his him and his opponent initiate a brawl and then a clinch occurs from that and then he takes them down. I don't think I've ever seen him actually go in for a double leg and get it. But um, I could be missing one or two in there somewhere. But regardless, um, I just think he's very hittable. I don't think he's a good wrestler, as I said. And I think he backs up too much. Um, and I think his hands are pretty slow. Um, so you put all that together, and I really think Andre Yule is a great play here at 83. You, you, um, you're you're going to write off a guy who once submitted Ricky Simone? Oh, I, okay. Uh, how long ago is that now? Three years. I mean, it's not that long. 
All right. I mean, okay, but Ricky Simone's pretty young in his career too. All I'm saying is what I've all oh, look, all I can go by is what I've seen on tape. What I whatever anybody else did against any other fighter in any other organization years ago, that's good for them. All I'm saying is um what I've seen from Anderson Dos Santos, I, I just don't like it. I mean, look, is it possible that he just takes Andre Yule down and uh, just gets a sub? Of course it is. Or gets some rinse and repeats? Of course it is. But I think Andre Yule's movement and uh, and Dos Santos not being that great of a wrestler from what we've seen, I think it's going to pay dividends here. I think Andre Yule is going to be able to work his striking. And I like it a lot. And I, I think most people are going to be on Sean's logic which isn't which isn't terribly flawed i just think i just think the premise is a little bit um is a little bit iffy so i think most people are going to be on sean's logic that that you can't stop a takedown and santos is going to get him leaving me for all of that um sweet sweet andre yule at 8300 so that's where i'm going i just don't know even if you're right if he's going to 12x but i i get it i, I okay I, it's not the craziest thing you've said on this podcast not wow. even it's not even top 50%. <laughs> I, I take that as a high compliment. Thank you. <laughs> Joe. Okay, so I'm very conflicted here. Um, I Usually when I run my first iteration of, of lineups, you know, using the percentages that I establish. All hot chicks. I'm not, well, no. I, no <laughs> I, I, I actually separate that from my desire to make money. Um, I'm usually way under the number of lineups that I actually try to try to run. This is the first time in recent memory where I actually, and trust me, there is a point to this, where I actually ran the lineups that I was looking to run and got over what I wanted. So what that tells me is, one, um, I got a shitload of um, a line value in Dos Santos here, and I got zero Andre Yule, right? Which obviously is, is not the optimal solution when you're entering mass entry. So... Anderson Dos Santos ended up being my highest percentage ranked fighter again, which is another problem, which I need to resolve before I like hit enter and put my lineups in. I'm very conflicted because one is I don't think he's that great a fighter. And um, I want everybody to listen to Dogger Pass podcasts and go to go to Cody Safrick's comment about how Anderson Dos Santos lost to the last guy that Tisha Torres dated before she actually converted. <laughs> so that was an absolute riot. I, I certainly yeah. think you should listen to that. It's hilarious. Um, it's it's the truth. So, and then you've got Andre Yule. Now people are discounting the, the win against Ren and Burrell. I get it. You know, Burrell is like literally fallen off a cliff post USADA. So I'm really conflicted here. I mean, I want to follow the line value. However, that's the only line value. Um, and all the poker kids are going to be on, you know, Dos Santos, the guys who just play line value. He's going to be so highly owned um, that it's almost contrarian to play to play Yule. I mean, the guy opened at a three to one favorite. Say what you want about the, you know, the line maker. Like, you know, he's still opened at a three to one favorite. Dude is shitting his pants for his job. Yeah. Like. I mean, I guess so. Okay. So obviously I'm not going to finish my my builds by having zero Yule and an insane amount of Dos Santos. Um, Dos Santos did, did take his last fight on short notice up a weight class. He's back to his natural weight. Um, I, I am compelled to play him for a lot of obvious reasons. Um, although buyer beware, um, he's going to be very highly owned. He's the only line value currently on the slate. 
right. Um, yeah, that leads us to our co-main event of the evening. You can believe it. Wow. wow. Brian Barbarina, 9,200, taking on Randy Brown at 7,000. Barbarina is a minus 260. Comeback on Randy Brown, plus 240. Everyone knows Randy Brown once got knocked out while in top position. Brian Barbarina had a war with Vicente Luque about three months ago, I think. I think it was three months ago. Not very long ago, where he, he took an ungodly amount of punishment. And scored 94 points in a loss. Yes. Yeah, and everyone's attracted to that, and I get it. This could be a high-output fight, but that's the outlier for Barbarina. Like, actually, I should say Joe Proctor, 114. Alves, 90. Northcutt, 91 is wins. He, he, he does well against inferior competition. He does. <laughs> and I'm really, I have, I'm really concerned about, one, how popular he's going to be after the performance against Luque and how quick of a turnaround this is after being in that war. And Randy Brown, not a great fighter, but a super athlete. I'm going to have both sides of this fight. I think Barbarina could score very well. I but my concerns about Randy Brown about about his durability, just based on I know it was the first time he was ever finished, but man, you need time off after that. So I'll have both sides of this fight. I have to pick Barbarina straight up, though, Joe. So I think our your your and my friend, the sleeveless one. Uh, as a supporter of of Brown here, which I'm not so sure I understand or agree with. Um, you know, again, Brown has not really gotten any his, any of his victories against the murderer's row. Um, I guess, you know, we're really accustomed to rooting for Barbarina as the dog, right? Like he was 6.8K against Luke, scored 95 points. Um, you know, he... The one time that he was a really big favorite was the, you know, the Jake Ellenberger retirement fight where he just he just nuked Jake Ellenberger. He was 9.5K. So now we have him at 9.2K against, you know, rude boy Randy Brown. Um, you know, let's look at Brown's pedigree here, okay? Um, 15 points against Nico Price while on top getting knocked out from the bottom due to hammer fists. He beat Mickey Gall. Okay, big whoop. Scored 62 points. Um, yes, his a tough fight against Muhammad. Muhammad was probably his toughest fight. Lost that fight. Scored 31 points. Beats uh, Life Alert Kamozi. Um, you know, uh, Montano, who I'm, I'm, is no longer in the UFC, loses to Graves and beats Dwyer, who's no longer in the UFC. So he hasn't exactly fought a murderer's row here. Um, where, you know, Bam Bam has had much higher level competition. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, with Barbarina here. And I honestly think that, um, Brown might get cut if he loses this fight, especially if he loses it, um, in any type of, of significant manner. So I'm going to take Barbarina. I pretty much like him. I see him as pretty safe. I would be hard to believe given the competition that Barbarina has fought that Brown can finish him. So I find him a pretty safe play. Um, I'm not saying that he's guaranteed to be in the winning lineup, but um, I do like it. I do like his floor. I do like his ceiling. Um, I like him kind of all around. So I'm going with uh, Barbarina. Chris. Yeah. Um, funny. I th I thought Brown was going to be the dog here that a lot of people were on, but I, I guess I could see why why not. But um, look, look, Barbarina is going to have to deal with a couple things in Brown that he doesn't really face a lot. That's length, that's athleticism, 
and um, that's the ability to wrestle. Now he's not a he's not a um, uh, what's his stupid face, the guy that everybody hates, uh, Cody Garbrandt. He's not him, but he can uh, get a takedown um, if he so chooses. We've seen Barbarina. Uh, uh, you mean oh, Kobe Covington, that. don't you? Kobe Covington. What I say, Garbrandt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I can't even bring myself to say his, his name. There you go. But uh, no, I, but but uh, whatever. Um, yeah, so Randy Brown can get a takedown if he wants. Um, I really see the athleticism and length uh, causing Barbarina some problems. I think that Randy Brown is a good fighter. I think, um, you know, the fluky kind of hammer fist knockout, uh, whereas, whereas his shin was resting on his, on his, on his chin, uh, notwithstanding, I mean, I, I don't really put much stock into that. I think that, um, look, I don't expect him to finish Barbarina, who's otherworldly tough, but he's not going to need to at this price. A couple takedowns, some significant strikes, boom, 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 and you got your 80 to 85 points in a win. Um, I think it can happen pretty comfortably. I think it is going to happen. I think that Randy Brown has enough tools to um, keep, uh, keep uh, Barbarina at bay here. I think Barbarina... Doesn't have a whole lot except for maybe uh, you know um, a, a good a good overhand and then he throws some hooks and maybe he'll throw a low kick in there every once in a while. But he's more a brawler than anything else. I think Randy Brown is going to keep that space and I think he gets a win. Here. Yeah, Chris. Why though? I mean, have you noticed any improvement in Randy Brown from his first fight? I, I noticed I zero I improvement. Well, he no. I mean, he, well, no. He's fought better than he fought against Montano for sure. So that, so that that would be improvement that you. Yeah, you, no. He looked bad in that Montano fight until the third round. I just don't. I don't. I think. I don't think he's. Uh, he's a guy that's fought under his athletic potential. And maybe, maybe but I mean, he's going to be so much more athletic than a guy like Barbarina, and he's he's just going to have a lot of physical advantages. And you know, I can lean on him here because. Look, Barbarina is 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 not a killer either. You you want to say that Brown isn't, and I agree. But Barbarina, I mean, look, he's tough and and he can he can slug it out. And um, he he landed a nice uh, landed a nice straight counter to knock knock down Vicente Luque. I give all of that to him. But I just think the physical advantages are going to be too much, and I think Brown's coming away with it here. I just I don't understand like what kind of problems he's going to cause Randy Brown for. Yeah. For um, Barbarina, that that Luque couldn't cause. I mean, I don't. He I guess I don't. I don't. I don't see how this is going to be a harder, a more difficult fight for him. Well, well, here's well, Luque never tried to wrestle. I'm sure he could have. Luque never tried to wrestle him. And in fact, in fact, when Luque got knocked down, um, the next second he was he was on Barbarina's back because he was able to just you know grab him and basically do whatever he wanted. Um, Randy Brown is long. That helps with grapplers. Um, like I said, length, athleticism, uh, ability to wrestle if he has to. I really think those are controlling factors here, and I think they're going to pose they're going to pose problems for Barbarina that he doesn't face all the time. Okay. and I think it's going to be interesting at a minimum to see how he deals with them. Okay, let me just run one more thing by you. Okay, last thing, guys. We got no, no, no. Since we're since we're you know we're under anyway, and we're only talking about eleven fights. Nardu, Debra, Troy Green. Tanisha Triple Threat Tennant or Kristen Hannaford. Okay, remember those names. There's not going to be a test. Remember those names. Okay. I've already forgotten them. Okay. You've, you've already forgotten them. Okay. Remember yes. those names. Now I want to give you these names. And let, let me just see if you recognize um, 
you know, any of these names. Um, Chat, type one if you have any idea where Joe is going with this. Okay, no, no, no. You're going to know very shortly where I'm going okay. with this. Okay. okay. Um, Benson, Benson Henderson. Okay. Jo Johnny Case. Yes. Rick Story. Well, Johnny Case. Okay, go ahead. Uh, okay. Um, Bruce Leroy. Um, you know, right. Scott Holtzman. Um, these are guys that are training partners. Drakkar Close. These are guys that are training partners at the MMA lab of Brian Barberina. The okay, you named, fighters, like, you named like one really good fighter in there and then four. Right, okay what ones. the fuck are you talking about, dude? I'm talking about Benson Henderson. I'm talking yeah. about Rick Story. I'm talking about Rick Story's um, oh, pretty good. Okay. Okay, I'm talking about um I'm talking about uh, Holtzman, who's decent. I mean Sean O'Malley. I was going down. All right, I was okay, going guys. So so and, and then where does Randy where does Randy Brown train? Budokan I don't know. Academy? You named, you literally named. All Bruce right, Leroy. all right, so I don't all right, know, children, man. children. So I, I, you know, that's, I, I just like, okay, you think he could train, you think he's got better wrestlers than Randy Brown that he's training again? I just don't see it, dude. I don't know. I, what we I, have learned I is that. the best argument here is that the damage is a real issue. The damage he has, he sustained his last fight. That's true. And Randy Brown is at least an athletic guy. And those two An athletic guy who got knocked out from the bottom. That's I've a fluky seen, thing. I've who never cares? seen that happen before. I mean, what, what kind of chin do you have to have to get knocked out from the bottom? Nico, I mean, are you freaking kidding me? Nico you took, tries, it's so hard. You, we, we've got Joe on tilt. This is awesome. I mean, I, just, I don't, I don't you, see it. I think I, I'm, I'm in my bizarro world. Here's a guy mean, that got knocked out in a way that no one should get knocked out. Okay, so it's a fluke. So He's you got a glass draw. He's, he got knocked out unconscious. Okay, well, when's when's the other time that Randy you're Brown? You're worried about the damage that Barbarina took. When when's when? the other time that Randy Brown got knocked out? Oh wait, crickets. crickets. He hasn't fought anybody. Crickets. Crickets. Not Mickey Gall. I mean, come on, dude. He's fought nobody. Dwyer. I mean, nobody. It's, it's not. It's not a matter of that. It's a matter of if his chin was so glass, anybody should be able to knock him. I I, I, I do want to go back here real quick. Brian Barberina's schedule of competition isn't that great either. Of it's, it's, great. it's better than Randy Brown's. Yeah, fair. Joe Proctor. That's that's not a great one. Sage Northcutt. Eh. Sage Northcutt had strap. But you know. <laughs> oh, here we go with the excuses. No, 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 no excuses. I'm sorry. him up. I'm saying that, you know. Right. So, guys, if anybody knows where Joe's blood pressure medication is, if you could <laughs> send it in because, dude, my yeah. drop. Hey, Leon Edwards. Colby Covington. Leon Edwards is is one of the best welterweights. Colby Covington, Alves. I mean, these are all much better fighters. I mean, Luke K. Okay, Ellenberger. I'll give you a pass there. I mean, he's definitely had much better competition. Well, he's got an experience advantage for sure, and along the way he's fought some better guys. And fights but at a much better camp. Okay, guys, but look, guys, I have one very important thing to say. You ready? Hanate yeah. Moikano, 8,600. Jan Sung Jung, the Korean zombie, at 7,600. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm very proud of myself. Moikano, minus 185. Uh, Jung, plus 170. Five rounds of striking. I actually think this fight goes to a decision. There's a high line on that, so I am in the minority there. But these guys should score well regardless. Stack it up in cash. I like Moicano quite a bit. I think the leg kicks, especially the way when I saw him hit those kicks against Cater live, like holy hell, those were life changing just to watch. Jung coming off the knockout loss to uh, Yaya Rodriguez, where he was five seconds away from winning that fight. 
I do think as he moves forward, Moicano's going to have – going to be technical enough to counter him well. I like Moicano to win this fight. I'll be overweight to the field on, on, on Moicano. I'm probably going to be underweight on Jung because, look, it's 11 fights. i got to differentiate somewhere. I think a lot of people are going to play both sides of this fight. I'm going to be much heavier on Hanato Moicano. I think he gets it done here. For this one, I don't even know where the hell we left yeah, off. Let's, I don't know. Let's give either. Joe more time to compose himself. And go to <laughs> yeah. So we're going what? with Chris. So or I'm me? going first. Chris. Yeah, go. All go right, first. all right. Okay. Um, I I think I like Jung here, and um, I take your point with the leg kicks. But if you remember that, um, the uh, who did he fight when he got knocked out like that? The um, last fight, who was it? Jose Aldo. No. Uh, uh, yeah, Rodriguez. Yeah, Rodriguez. Oh, I was talking about Joe. I was talking about Joe. Yes. Sorry. Okay. So even early in that fight, um, uh, Yair was 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 working leg kicks initially, but over time, what happens is the pressure of of a zombie just gets so relentless that you don't have space for those kicks, and that's what I think is going to happen here. I don't I don't don't think that Moicano is going to have space to deliver those those uh, kicks consistently, and I think what happens is. Um, when you back Moicano up, we even saw um, we even saw uh, Cub Swanson do a little of this. When you back Moicano up, you get him flurrying a little bit, and when you get him flurrying, he um, he's very defensively lax. Um, a la a guy like Thiago Santos, it actually reminds me quite a bit of that. Um, I think that uh, Jung is going to walk him down consistently. I think Jung um, is very good at feinting to get uh, guys to bite and then countering. Very good at that. Did that a lot against uh, Yair. And I think he's good at cutting off the cage, way better than a guy like uh, Jeremy Stevens. So we, we shouldn't just see uh, Moicano consistently dip out of, of um, you know, the space behind the two black lines. I think that the pressure and um, the boxing field is going to be too much here. I don't think – I think he's going to take away Moicano's best weapon, and I think that's going to lead to a victory. So I'm going to go uh, – Jung in a high scoring uh, volume decision for five rounds. Joe, yeah, I'm on Moicano here. I mean, I I saw Moicano as a guy that was all set to to go and and fight against, um, you know, Max Holloway. Uh, I think he just got caught up in the moment. I mean, you know, fighting a Brazilian legend. Um, I, I was actually pretty heavy on him in that fight. I thought he would really school Aldo. Um, I, I think that Zombie is relatively easy to hit. Um, and I think Moicano is so much more technical here that he should be able to keep him at range with his kicks and pick him apart. Um, you know, I am worried that if the fight turns into a brawl, that Moicano could get hit with something. But, um, you know, I, I don't think that Zombie hits as hard as, as Jose Aldo. Um, I am picking Moicano. I do suggest that you target this fight and do have shares of zombie in mass entry gpps but i am going to pick moicano for the win all right guys let's move to hot takes guys in chat fire away those hot takes i will pick one to read out we'll do it after two of us go i'll read i'll read the fan one third and then we'll one of us will wrap it up i'm going to start this week because mine is ready to go rapid fire give me ashley yoder scores over 95 points wow Hmm, Chris, I haven't even thought of my hot take yet, so you should. Go. Okay, all right. So, um, I, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just trying to tally up here. Give me a second. Uh, one, two, 
three. Uh, talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> Four. All right, uh, I, I got two in chat. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna read two of these. You got Ryan Barton says Kevin Aguilar KO, which is the only way Aguilar is DraftKings viable, but that's his hot take. And we'll go with Tyler Mead says Spicely inside the distance. Wow. All right, Tyler, calm down. Um, Tyler, <laughs> Tyler's dead on. If if what Tyler said happens, I'll be okay. If uh, Ryan is right, um gonna be crying in tears of just puddles on my floor while i'm not drinking caffeine that's right which is which well so more puddles then because you're already crying for that reason but um okay so everybody's saying with 11 fights you're gonna need to differentiate right well you can differentiate big time in this card because i am predicting five dog wins that's right wow five dog wins that's pretty spicy joe what do you got yeah, as long so, as it's not spicely. Uh. <laughs> so I'm going to give you a parlay. I'm going to give you a parlay. I'm going to go Rosen struck by knockout, which I get is no big, big, big hot take. But I'm going to give you a parlay. Rosen struck by knockout and Ige by submission. That is going to pay pretty well. So I would go with – I'm going to give you guys that parlay. All right, guys, that's what we got for Fight IQ for UFC Greenville. Please go to rotowire.com slash free, 10-day free trial to all their premium content. No credit card required. Thanks, everybody, in chat joining us. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube page. Subscribe to on iTunes, Rotowire MMA. Give all of us a follow on Twitter because I didn't plug it before. It's at Real Chris Olsen, at Sun Tzu, at the DF Sniper. Thanks again to everyone. Good luck in your contest. We'll see you next week. Nine we weeks have, in a row, dude. It stole my thunder. God, get your blood pressure medication in order. <laughs> Just kidding. Yes, nine, nine weeks in a row, we are at the start of a glorious, glorious string that takes us through International Fight Week. I'm not going to International Fight Week this year, but if you want your chance to meet up with the sniper next year, I am hell or high water. I'll be at International Fight Week 2020. Start making plans now. Oh, Before you sign off, uh, I just uh, was was informed today that there is a card in August in Newark, New Jersey. That's right. Which yes. I think would be a great opportunity to get the the New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania guys together. Maybe we could even convince Houdini, uh, Drew, and Josh to come up from Virginia, Maryland. I think that could be a really good card. At the, I'm assuming it's at the Prudential Center, although I'm not positive. But when is that? I, I think it's August 2nd. Is, okay. uh, not, I have no other details, but I think that would be a very cool card, Dog Days of August, to get everybody together. Chris and I are local. Uh, Sean is quasi-local. Um, yeah. You know, we, we could get maybe the, the boss man from DFS Army. Um, I think maybe I think it would be a really good opportunity to do like a meet and greet. Uh, maybe we meet before, you know, Friday night at a bar somewhere. Or, you know, we figure something out anyway. Um, but like mark that off on your calendar. Yeah, for me, it's going to be all depend on my selling of the house situation. But right. I, I, I'm, I'm in. Should it happen? We got to get the harder sell here is Chris. Can we get Chris yeah. out of the house? Well, that's why. That's what I, I inquired, man. See that? I'm ready to go. I'm okay, ready no, to go. That, that'd be awesome. All right, I, yeah, I'm not convinced that Chris ever has been outside, so that would uh, be really nice. Well, I'll, 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 I'll slather on the sunscreen and uh, I'll make the trip. Don't worry. Appreciate it. Thank you. Right. All right, guys. Good luck in your contest. Start. This is week one of nine weeks in a row of this absolute tomfoolery because I'm 95 years old. There you of, go. Of just us screaming at each other. Hope you guys enjoy it. Um, again, good luck. See you next week. All right, guys. Later.
Yeah. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.